everyone, I'm Rosanna, and this is AFL Obsessed. How was your week and weekend? <laughs> Heading into the round, guys, honestly, the only bright spot from our performance the week before, we don't have to revisit it, was the rising star nod for our debutante, Nick Martin. His stats were so impressive. 27 disposals, 10 marks, 5 goals, and, you know, he had some stiff competition for that nomination. But then we found out he was out due to COVID safety protocols as a close contact. And Dylan Scheel, who was arguably our second best on ground for last week's woeful performance, he was a laid out. And I just remember thinking, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> but cut to me right in this moment, I think I'm honestly still processing the Academy Awards slap heard around the world from last night and the Oscars from over here. If you haven't seen that footage, it was a live moment on TV I never thought I'd see. And I'm not recommending you go there, but it was definitely unscripted of Will Smith basically smacking Chris Rock. Well, I think it's a slap, but I mean, it sounded and looked like a punch and now I know a little bit more of the backstory. We won't get into it. And then later, Will Smith actually won an Oscar. So I guess the debate now is just whether or not that will be taken away from him. Just a note, I don't condone violence of any form. It's just not how I thought, you know, the weekend would end over here. But I was surprised before that event, I feel like now everything is pre and post slap, that after a lengthy deliberation uh, at the tribunal, that all of the penalties from round one were lifted. All of the suspensions were overturned, except Mitch Robinson's one match ban (laughs) was upheld out of all of the reports. And I honestly thought that he tried to not hurt Xavier Dersma, you know, Rory Sloan, Okay, I guess. And Willie Rioli, those suspensions were overturned. That very brutal bump on Raul. I mean, that clash, we mentioned it last time, but that was something I honestly thought or absolutely would be potentially up to three weeks plus off maybe for a suspension and he completely got off. So fast forwarding again, I guess, to just the pretty high highs from round two and some really low lows. So another peaks and valleys week, I have to say, in terms of celebrations and otherwise. But first, just some sad news. So we lost another luminary here in the U.S. last week, Madeline Albright. And just someone who leaves, you know, this endearing and rich legacy for other women and leaders and those in public service to follow. She was the first woman to serve as Secretary of State here in the U.S., and she was just a role model for generations of girls and women, and she was actually a refugee who became the nation's top diplomat. So rest in peace and thank you for your service. Now let's get to it and dive into the opening overture of my overall thoughts on the week and where we're at now in NYC. I just have to spotlight one thing. When I got my membership kit for the year, I'll admit I was kind of surprised when it just had a scarf in it. You know, as someone who works in fashion, honestly, you can never have too many scarves. 
but it's our 150th and in previous years I you know received a few more things in my kit well technically last year's was open before it got to me so I was missing some things inside not the point but last week after the longest work day it was just one of those rough days the kind where you just get home and you just want to melt straight into your couch and I checked my mail like a couple seconds right before I did that. And there was this envelope that I immediately knew was from Essendon. But I didn't even really notice until, you know, I got on the couch what it actually was. So printed on the envelope on one side is my address. And I didn't even notice on the other side, completely personalized and just in this embossed font. It's not even stamped into it. The club clearly put so much effort into making you feel special as a member. So it just says my name on it. You know, thank you for donning the sash this year. And then from the year that I first signed on to our 150th, like your pride and passion for the red and black is what has made and continues to make our club great. And guys, I was emotional when I saw this. I've never felt more special. Absolutely more of this kind of feels. I'll post it on my Insta story. So, um, you know, if you want to see, but Thank you from 10,000 plus miles away, Essendon. I'm making the ASL symbol with my hand, but love you too. Absolutely. And just a reminder, guys, you know I'll be at a bachelorette party and away this weekend. So it will be the first game I miss of ours live since I started following the sport. Honestly, we're up against Melbourne this weekend, and the reality is we're barely clinging on to the 17th ladder rung because we're only above port because of a 0.1 of a percentage. So if I'm going to miss an Essendon game live for the first time, I'm okay if it's this one. <laughs> but I think I need a few more rounds in me, drinks <laughs> included, before we can just really see where our team's at for the season. But now let's get to footy and on to Act 1 with AFL headlines and highlights for Round 2. My favorite moment of the weekend, guys. You know what it is. Sydney versus Geelong. That moment that we've all been waiting for. And it was definitely like the ending of a rom-com just so satisfactory or maybe I guess based on a true story and the ending is happy for the main character they will absolutely be making movies about him I never really understood what like waiting with bated breath or whatever that phrase is <laughs> until this moment in this case but it just felt like it was this destined moment like all the stars aligning somehow and I mean people not necessarily the cosmos where Buddy just went into the game with only four goals left to hit a thousand. And in my mind, before the game started, I'm like, he'll definitely get it done this round. You know, one goal a quarter, easy. But the game was so great. And the rest of the team honestly had equal highlights to Buddy. It wasn't like they were just, you know, always getting him the ball. They were playing hard too. But again, everyone was just collectively holding their breath in anticipation 
And I mean, even as a spectator, I feel maybe even the players and commentators for that moment near the end when he was lining up for the kick and you could just see everyone kind of inching towards the ground and out of their seats. And some people started just running onto the ground, (laughs) which was hilarious because I'm like, you know, he's absolutely going to kick this. And then all of a sudden, once he got that last goal, just pandemonium in the best sense. And that tradition where you flood the field when a player kicks their thousandth, well, really, I think when someone kicks 100 goals a season, but he is only the sixth player ever to do so. He's part of such an exclusive club. And you know I have to replay it again right here. always, Duncan. Now they can... Split it wide. Numbers four to the ball here. Warner, surely he looks for number 23. Got him on short. And he's got it, bud. I hope they don't go early, JB. Look at it. Everyone's charging down. That's what he's got ahead of him. What do you think, JB? Start at the right post and bend it back. He's done it so many times. 999 goals, Buddy Franklin. The legend becomes immortal. Oh my gosh, you guys. Just that moment in history. I know I'll always remember what I was doing in that moment. I was actually running for coffee and watching the scene from my phone really early in the morning. And I've watched it a million times since. So... I think I proceeded to like every photo that was on Twitter following and Pistol, our friend from Dr. Supercoach, actually ran out onto the ground. I'm so envious of any of you that were there. (laughs) The funniest thing is after that, well, so the person who actually caught the ball that he kicked that goal with kind of ran away with the ball. And then the AFL kind of had to reach out and say, you know, you'll get the chance to meet him if you actually return it. I remember it was a little bit like Tom Brady's ball when he kind of had that last like moment with it, even though he's back from retirement. But yeah, but he did get the ball back, which is great. And then a couple of the Sydney players actually went out the wrong exit and ended up outside the ground. But what a moment in time, guys. I'm just so happy that I was watching the sport and just so into the sport at this time because again it's like one of those moments in time where like where were you when that happened but just a couple of the other games from the weekend the Bulldogs versus Carlton within the first 15 to 20 seconds there was just this immediate cannon firing of a goal and They said it was only 38 days since Sam Walsh came back from his syndesmosis injury, which is crazy fast. And, you know, that comeback game is just one of those things that you hope for and you wish for as a player. And I really have our fingers crossed for our player who just went down with syndesmosis. Sure, we need to wait it out and see. But this much I know. The Blues are the real deal. And I talked about it from the beginning of this pod how they've just been doing well in the draft in the previous years. They've slowly, quietly been building a super freak team. And that team is here now. And I know I said previously, it's like they had all the tools. They just weren't reading the manual. Voss has the owner's manual for whatever that elite brand of sports car is that's driving the club. And the COVID protocols now can't keep them down, I will say. And that league of extraordinary peeps plus 
Chera coming back next round. They are unstoppable. You know, I always wanted to beat them to 17. I'm scared, guys. Hayden Crozier actually fainted during the game, and the defender kind of unexpectedly fainted during halftime. That was not something you typically see. I think there was speculation that it was heart-related. And I know that many of the players have suffered an irregular or raised heartbeat during games, but that's just one of those things that I hope doesn't happen again because it was really scary too in a totally different way. And then just in terms of headlines, Collingwood versus Adelaide. The pies were on fire. I know literally and figuratively because there was an evacuation alert at the game in the second quarter. I think there was like a small fire in the food area on the fourth floor. So the sirens later on said it was a false alarm and they continued with the game. But they had one of the best banners I've ever seen a cheer squad put up. So there's a little bit of backstory first. So (laughs) just walk with me here. There's an AFL Sunday footy show, (laughs) and Kane Corns has a volcano segment. Cue my side eye. (laughs) And he mentioned during the segment and just kind of berated one of the young Collingwood players from the week before because Jack Genovan, you know, this young Collingwood player, kind of grabbed a GoPro after their win in round one, and he kind of filmed their elation and their happiness on the field. And then a little bit of the behind the scenes, he was just kind of running around to his teammates. And it, honestly, it was an endearing moment. Well, Kane Corns didn't think so. So he said on the show directly to Jack, which was kind of surprising to me, you know, you've played six games, relax, earn some respect in the game before you go on carrying on like that. And I mean, even Damo was like shaking his head because Kane was very critical of him. And even on footy classified, even I think he doubled down that, you know, these young players need to earn their respect first. Anyway, cut to the cheer squad banner. And this is what it said. Black and white stripes on the G looking nice, flying round the crows, powerful, quick, precise. And they had this hidden message where they kind of suspended letters from the phrase that I said earlier, and it spelled out Kane the fun police. So, I mean, that has to be like one of my fave moments. I thought what Kane said was kind of harsh, and that's just got to be one of the best clapbacks I've ever seen. So, Collingwood, you did that, and your cheer squad is honestly the sh- <laughs> But I do love seeing player personalities, you know, showing some love to the game and efforts to their team. I didn't think it was too over the top. I do love seeing celebrations. And I really hope that players keep on doing that because we do rarely get to see kind of them running around afterwards. But yeah, cheeky response on their banner, mad props, and just hilarious ingenuity. So thanks for that moment. Well, we got to talk about the baddies for just a couple seconds. We can race through this part. It's fine. What happened to Port this week, guys? Hawthorne beat them by 64 points. So that's 2-0 for Sam Mitchell. And moving on to Essendon versus Brisbane. You know, cut me some slack. It's not easy being an Essendon supporter right now. Slash in the last 20 years. And then Tex Wanganine debuting as the medical sub. My heart for this poor kid. And the poor guy's family flew out. 
and just watched him sit on the bench all game. You know, and then Merritt and Cox both went down. Merritt with syndesmosis, so that one really hurts. So, you know, what's the tally at for the season? (laughs) I know you're asking. We honestly had a pretty good preseason with few injuries, and I was kind of excited, you know, to start the rounds off. But now, you know, Walla, Langford, Harry Jones, potentially Sheil, he was a laid out. And now Merritt with syndesmosis. I mean, again, this is why we can't have nice things. End of rant. But what did you guys think about your team and the games and the round? And where were you when Buddy kicked 1K? Please tell me. I'd love to know. My email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail and aflobsessed on socials. (laughs) Let me know your thoughts. Okay, it's intermission. So quickly during this time, let's just cut away to other sports. In tennis, guys, Ash Barty announced her surprise retirement. Maybe surprising to those of us that weren't expecting it. I certainly wasn't. She's only 25. I'm so happy for her. I will always wish her the best. And I'm happy that she just won the Australian Open. And Honestly, I hope she just follows all of her other dreams and chases them and kind of gets everything she wants in life because she deserves it. I have been watching a lot of March Madness, our college basketball over here. I'm really proud of the teams that have kind of had their Cinderella stories. And Coach K, I know it's his last year. We've talked about this. He's in his final year and he is in the final four with his team. So That's, I think, the 17th time he's reached Final Four, or at least in their school's history. And, you know, they've had 13 wins under him. So that's going to be pretty big shoes to fill when he eventually leaves. And New York City has lifted all mandates for sports players. So I'd like to think they listened to my Kyrie rant last week. But in any case, he is welcome and able to play and I'm really excited that he'll be doing that at home and at some point I'm gonna get to see it happen. Well now we're on to act two where we have discussions about relevant footy topics and issues. So Dusty is taking a break from footy and he's on indefinite leave as he mourns you know the passing of his father. I guess people close to him have spoken about how just the realization of his father's death has really, you know, severely affected him. And they've also said he's kind of struggled for motivation to train or play. And he's just kind of starting to isolate himself in this difficult time. I mean, all speculative. I can't even imagine what he's going through. I'm just sending Dusty all the strength and love. And, you know, we'd love to see you back at whatever capacity you're comfortable with. We'd love to see you play. I'm okay if he also retires. I'd love to see him continue, but I want him to want to want it. You know what I mean? So we're just sending him all of the vibes and TBD with what happens to his season. And in other news, the first ever AFLW match is going to be played at the G, the final between Melbourne and Brisbane. And they're also going to have a preliminary final at the Adelaide Oval. So Adelaide versus Frio. I am super excited about this news. I would love to see the G like 
filled like it was for the Women's T20 World Cup, where they had a record 86,174 spectators. You know, show up for your girls. Show your support. I would be there if I could. And I'm just so happy that it's happening. And they've also moved a round three men's match to clear the air and just make sure that they have all the space. So that's great. And continuing with this great news, nine AFL clubs will be employing full-time female assistant coaches in the men's teams. So at least half of the clubs in the previously all-male coaching departments, there's this really great article about it by Caro in The Age, where they have this radical affirmative action plan that they've kind of hatched to address, you know, the glaring, like, vacancies and the fact that there aren't as many women mentors in the AFLW. And there's all these coaches and aspiring coaches. I mean, you know, all of them, Beck Goddard, like Aaron Phillips, Daisy Pierce, Chelsea Randall. So they've all been assured that there will be full-time roles in the AFL system. And all nine coaches that do get appointed will all earn at least 100000 a year, which is amazing. And that will sit outside the football department soft cap. So I was curious about where that would come from. I'm happy to hear that. And the AFL also additionally will be contributing 50000 to each aspiring woman coach with the clubs kind of making up the difference. So it's a new AFL initiative led by football boss Andrew Dillon. And, you know, I think the clubs do need like a stronger initiative and jolt to kind of transform the football system especially since so many coaches are forced out of the game because of financial constraints, especially when it comes to women. And a lot of the AFLW players, we've addressed this before, you know, they just don't feel welcome in their team gyms and even on the training track, depending on like key times of the year. So this season, you know, there's still no senior AFLW coaches, despite like this competition kind of being launched five years ago. And two of the eight clubs are coached by females. So it's time. I'm really happy to hear that. And honestly, two steps further than that, Daisy Pierce, Jakara Egan, and Alicia Eva have just been appointed as NAB AFL and AFLW Academy coaches. So congratulations to the women. And I'm just really excited about the future of the women's comp and just what, you know, the women will do also even in the AFL system. And now it's the after show where I just remembered something and I meant to say this earlier. So last week, if you happened to be one of the first listeners, I accidentally uploaded the episode prior to and I actually woke to lots of messages. I appreciate all of you for letting me know. I immediately changed it (laughs) as soon as I found out in the morning. Normally I check, but it was a very long day again. So I just want to give a shout out to Daniel. Um, His Twitter handle is at Pestis underscore Fursifer for just being the first one to bring it to my attention. (laughs) And just one more thought before I go, guys. Why isn't the AFL on our TV channels over here? You know, the NRL is always on annually this time of year, and it always seems to take a few rounds before we get the AFL on our screens over here and that ESPN comes around. You know, it happens around the same time every year. I just hope that next year we can maybe bring it a little sooner. You know, it is in the middle of the night when things aren't happening, but there are so many of us who want to watch it. 
But thanks so much, guys, for sharing a part of your day with me and caring what I have to say about footy. We hit over 21,000 downloads last week, so I'm just virtually hugging all of you for keeping me company, and hopefully I'm doing that for part of your day, too. But that's it for me. Thanks for listening and rating and subscribing, everyone, and let me know what you think. Thanks for hanging around for the show. Stay safe and healthy. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like we have with footy. I'm virtually hugging all of you and we'll talk footy soon.